This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode 106. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Today, we welcome to the podcast my good friend from the early map days, Dr. Megan Hayes. Hello. Hello, dear. So lovely to be here with you. So, Megan, uh, to those unfortunate enough to not know you in person, <laughs> tell me who you are and why you're here. I am an academic and an author of Write Yourself Happy, The Art of Positive Journaling, which is coming out in August, and also The Happiness Passport, a world tour of joyful living in 50 words, which is coming out in November. I teach creative writing, and I also have the MAP degree from UEL, so I'm an interdisciplinary scholar, I suppose, moving across the literary arts and positive psychology and looking at ways that the two interact and specifically how writing is a way of supporting our well-being, supporting our mental health and my big passion is journal writing specifically. All right. So, so in a nutshell. <laughs> so some people uh, are not as keen as writing uh, on writing as you and I are. So before they run for the hills, um, do you have anything to say to people who maybe you know maybe in school they didn't have some good experiences maybe somebody told them you know their essays were not good or something can you talk about writing in the context how you feel um what it offers to people to everyday normal people not to people who have writing inclinations mm. I think it's a really unfortunate state of affairs actually the way writing is often talk to us um, as something quite dry and something that we maybe, as you say, have experiences of being criticised about. And of course, all of us have varying levels of, um, it, you know, literary ability or interest. Um, but I think what's really, what I've come to see about writing in my research is that everyone has some access point to writing as a practice everyone can write even if they think that they can and the the amount of people I've worked with who who tell me that they can't write and then you know come to really enjoy it as a practice you wouldn't believe how many people they are um and I think what is the key to that is really something that's so important in positive psychology and I know that you uh, know that this is an important area of positive psychology that's maybe not emphasized enough sometimes is just play I think what I really promote in the book and what I promote when I'm talking about writing as a, as a tool for happiness is it's a place to be messy to be creative to um, gradually let go of some of that self-censorship that we might have built up like this kind of scaly layer of self-protection of censorship that we you know possibly developed out of those experiences when somebody told us our writing wasn't very good or um you know we put ourselves out there maybe when we were a child we wrote a little poem or something and somebody told us it was wasn't worthwhile um 
so I think when we approach writing in a more creative way, which is something I really advocate for, or in a in a way that we allow ourselves to be messy, um, I think sometimes people buy journals or they buy a blank notebook and then they stare at the blank page and they think, oh, I don't want to mess up this page. I don't want to wreck this page. Um, if we can gradually let go of that fear of making a mess by telling ourselves it's absolutely okay to make a mess. Um, if you if you read uh, the book Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, she talks about as a creative writer writing a crappy first draft and a crappy first draft. And I love that expression because it just really lets you off the hook. Whatever kind of writing you're doing, if it's if you want to write a novel or if you're just writing in your daily diary. Just let yourself make a mess. I think that can be really um, invigorating as, as an approach. So I always encourage people to start there. Start by making a mess and then and then make sense of it later. Yeah, and I would like to add that I think people um, through programs like, um, you know, Britain's Got Talent or The Voice and things like that, people kind of seem to be under the impression that only if you belong to the incredibly gifted are you even allowed to take part in the creative process and I notice that also you know when I go I don't know karaoke singing anyone right that people are just terrified who who don't usually do it and I think one of the biggest reasons is that people just kind of have internalized like the horrible things that people either in the jury say or in the or in the living rooms that we know that we maybe all say when somebody really sucks and I think we've internalized some of those voices and they come to haunt us when we actually pick up a pen or a microphone. Absolutely, of course. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Like these these voices of judgment are in our own minds. So even if, even if we tell ourselves no one's ever going to see this, you know, a journal is quite typically a private place. Even so, we can have these um, real tendencies to censor ourselves because the voices are internalized and somehow often difficult to distinguish from from our own voice so we believe oh no this really is rubbish or this really isn't worthwhile or um you know we've we've got this society's glare on our shoulder oh you shouldn't think that you shouldn't feel that um and I think for someone who's new to journaling that can take a lot of time to overcome and I you know I've journaled for many years and even I still find myself doing it occasionally like oh am I allowed to say this or it's a really interesting exercise that um, I also like to recommend to people, um, uh, recommended by a woman called Tristine Rayner. She's got a book called The New Diary, which is really worth reading if you're interested in journal writing. But she talks about um, writing writing at the top of the page um, on any topic that you feel you want to write about. If I were to be really honest with myself, I would say that, and then you and then you answer the own, your own question. And then again, you say again to yourself, if I were to be even more honest than that, I would say to myself, and you keep doing it and keep doing it until you begin to unravel some of those layers, because we can get into this very autopilot way of reflecting on our experience. And we'll just say, oh, the type of things that are typical to write in a journal, we might just talk about our day. And then maybe we don't go as deep, or we don't allow ourselves to go as deep as we could where the real emotional expression can come out. And so I really like that as an exercise. Just keep telling yourself if I were to be even more honest. And, and sometimes you can even write down, hmm, I wasn't really being completely honest with myself there. What if I was really honest with myself? And it's a, it can be quite an illuminating exercise to try to, to begin to unravel some of that stuff. But it is hard. And it's like there's no getting away from the fact that, that those voices are there sometimes and they don't go away overnight and 
I don't know, from my in my own circumstances, I was quite lucky as a child because I was always encouraged to be creative. And I really know that a lot of people are not. And then, and then it's not an easy thing to do. But that's why I like to um, work with people in this way, because you can make real profound uh, leaps in your own self-understanding when you when you begin, even in a small way, to move away from that self-censorship, even if it takes a lot of time. It's a worthwhile endeavor, I think. I listened to a podcast episode that where they broadcast it live from prison. And there is this idea, right, that, that, that journaling, it's also called, you know, some people call it a diary, and that kind of uh, creates this reflex of, of, you know, like, I'm not a 14-year-old teenager or girl, specifically, often, right? And then mm. these guys talked about, like, how the journal is, uh, you know, that's very, it's very manly. The diary is, uh, is like, you know, the feelings and the woman stuff, and, and the journal is very manly. And, mm-hmm. um, of course, this, you know, the two of us don't like to hear that very much because both of us are, you know, feminists and everything. However, what I do think, is important that we can take away from is even these really huge muscled hunks that you that you see even they get something out of journal writing so that's why um i really wanted megan to be on here so that we can dive into this this is really not just for people who have a natural ability or inclination to do this so megan what do you suggest as a first step as a first step for somebody who had never written personal writing before, you mean like someone who's never used a journal? Or? Yeah, never or very rarely. Um, a first step. Well, I, I think that exercise that I already recommended about being very honest with yourself is a good way to begin um, overcoming some of the self-censorship stuff. But actually, um, and I'm going to shamelessly plug the book, but... Uh, the, the book Write Yourself Happy, the, the premise of my book is that we a really nice place to begin with personal writing is our positive emotions. The reason for that being um, typically somebody who goes to a journal, I found in my research and I've had in my own experience, um, people are driven to write down their emotions, to write down their feelings when those feelings are negative, when they're really overpowering and they have nowhere else to put them apart from on the page that's often when people come to a journal it's often for example when people um you know turn to prayer when they're when they're not religious it's in their very dark times they might find themselves praying out of nowhere um similar thing I find happens with journaling people turn to their journals in in really difficult times um and that you know if that's what happens in your life story wonderful and I'm so glad for people to find journaling in in whatever capacities that they find it but don't wait until that point or even if you've found that you've used writing in that way in the past consider writing from your positive emotions because as I'm sure most of your listeners will know as you will know there are so many benefits to positive emotions beyond um beyond that kind of healing thing that, we did, that we've done traditionally in psychology and that journaling has traditionally served um, as a purpose, you know, that healing, purgative kind of way, cathartic way of writing. Of, uh, when I've worked with people, they've talked about getting it out of my head, getting, pouring it out on the page so that I can go and do something else. The way I like to look at journaling is a much more constructive tool where we don't only heal, but we build personal resources we come to understand ourselves better we develop self-compassion we develop self-efficacy there's so many things that we create on the page and I think one lovely way that we can do that is with positive emotions so um 
all you know mammals uh, on the earth they they learn through playing and they learn through having fun and and pleasurable things enjoyable things are so often ways that um that we actually make huge change you know the barbara fredrickson broaden and build that we um expand ourselves so i'd really recommend having a go writing with positive emotions that's really what the book is all about and it's what I really again what I really advocate for um so the the basic kind of um uh, intervention or the or the study behind the book um suggested choosing from the 10 uh, top positive emotions that Barbara Fredrickson speaks about although I only included eight of them in the book I, I can never reel off the list off the top of my head but it's uh, joy gratitude pride hope interest uh inspiration i think amusement and love. serenity yeah amusement is not actually didn't make it into the book only because nobody in my study chose it which i found very interesting and could actually make a study <laughs> in and of itself why nobody chose to write using amusement because i think that would be really interesting but anyway the point is not the not the positive emotion that you choose it doesn't have to be from that list it's it's more kind of a a prompt and i think positive emotions are highly um personal experiences actually often and when you read definitions of them it's typical for people to feel mm, you know that's not quite how I experienced it all this stuff is contextual isn't it so we all experience joy in a little bit of a unique way um so it's not the the emotion itself but how you experience it and whether you consider it to be positive but I would say start with with one of those whichever one um, feels right for you on a given day um and then write about the experiences of your day or a particular challenge that you're um, kind of grappling with at the moment, or just something that feels pressing, but using the lens of that positive emotion. And what I found in the study was that when people had a go doing that, it really changed um, their perspective on the day. It didn't suddenly, you know, if it had been a difficult day, it didn't suddenly make it a wonderful day. It didn't shoehorn the day into into a happy day if it was an unhappy day. But it, at the very least, helped them look at their experiences in a different way. And it helped them to um, direct their writing a little bit because what can also happen in journaling is somehow that we begin to ruminate or we can go a little bit around in circles. Um, I know that this happens to me sometimes and I've heard this from other people. So anyone who's listening who journals has probably had this experience where you finish writing and you feel that you, you've not really gone anywhere. You've just gone round and round um, in your little cycles of, of woe, which, you know, can be helpful to get these things out. I'd never say that it's not helpful to do that, but um, to have a kind of path out of that experience can be really helpful and I think positive emotions offer that uh, as a tool um, and what's finally really interesting about it is that it um, offers us a way to not only react to the challenge or the events of the day but to uh, interact with it so when we when we throw positive emotions into the mix of talking about our day writing about our day we start to have a conversation with that experience we kind of poke it and prod it and we say hmm um what would happen if I interpreted that differently and then what happens out of that process is that we then approach the situation in when we leave the page and we go back into our lives we we take those tools with us those tools of um reinterpretation and then we do something that's a bit more interactive so not just this input of the negative experience or the challenging experience and the output the purgative cathartic release of that onto the page but there's a sort of uh, an 
a backwards and forwards there, a bit of a relationship, a, a conversation. And typically people talk about journaling with the kind of analogies of a, a friend, a confidant, because it really is like having having a conversation with yourself in a way that few other um, experiences of life allow us to do, to, to see our own experience reflected back to us, our own voice reflected back to us. And when we write things down, of course, we become readers of ourselves we become readers of our own life experience and that's such a huge and important part of journaling too um so I've probably gone way over the top with the demands of the question there but I would say start with your positive emotions have fun write about your day through the lens of a positive emotion and uh see what happens (laughs) let's talk a little bit more about the shaping part of it because I think the cathartic part of it is something that people kind of intuitively get right and and I think people you know I've also done an episode on writing um probably about two or three years ago um where the cathartic part was more in in the center of things but let's talk a little bit more about creating something creating something how do you mean the the shape you use the word shaping which I thought was quite nice yeah shaping creating um as opposed to a daily life where uh, many of us really are in more of a reaction mode as opposed mm. to something where you deliberately go out to do something. Mm. Okay, so I think, um, again, one of the wonderful things about a journal is that it's a place where we can go to again and again and again and we can revisit it and it's just us and the page. We don't need... A coach for example you know a coach would be beneficial but we don't need to have one we literally just need ourselves a pen and the page and what I think in terms of the shaping of our experience it's not often something that happens in a first go so the interesting thing about a lot of um, James Pennebaker's work on expressive writing is of course that it is this sort of purgative first step so it's this letting go of um an experience or a challenge or a trauma and then and what's been studied there you know uh, over and over again and replicated over and over again is that how that can make us feel better but what's not been studied and what there is really not enough research on is is that shaping process which naturally tends to happen a um, for creative writers so if if you begin to shape your material into a poem or a novel or a memoir a lot of people in later life are drawn to writing autobiographically and that involves you know there's that old adage that good writing is rewriting so that kind of creative adaptation of our work involves a lot of um, you know taking the initial experience and and shaping it and what happens there and if anyone who's interested in the research in this area the limited research that there is I'd advise you to look up um, Sophie Nichols paper in I think it's in the Journal of Health Psychology called Beyond Expressive Writing and she looks at what she calls developmental creative writing and ways that um, in shaping our written materials you know we kind of shape ourselves over time so I think creative writing is a really interesting way that we begin to, uh, Virginia Woolf called it the atoms of experience, the things that happen happening to us all the time in our fraught daily lives are kind of just raining down on us as atoms. And uh, Virginia Woolf was someone who spoke a lot about the creative ways that we can and reshape that material, reinterpret that material. But if you're not someone who wants to 
write creatively because absolutely <laughs> I know that not everybody is inclined to do that um I think just the very nature of keeping a journal over time allows us to see how our experience naturally kind of is shaped it's almost a bit like um uh, I like to compare it to Hansel and Gretel's breadcrumb trail because we're 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 all of us in the wood aren't we we're all walking through this great bushy overwhelming forest of our experience and a, and a new tree springs up here and a new tree springs up there with a new relationship or a new deadline or a new challenge at work and it can you know if we're not keeping any kind of a record or any kind of a check-in with ourselves how how are we ever going to make sense of the path that we're treading through this material so I like to think of journaling a bit like leaving a breadcrumb trail so that over time, even if you write, you know, once a week or something. When I first began journaling, I really would only write once every few months. But even that over several years comes to really illuminate how your experience is, is I don't know, it's shaping itself isn't probably the right term because, of course, as you write those entries, you're interacting with it. But that, that experience that I was describing of reading ourselves, we don't only write ourselves in the journal, we read ourselves. So if you look back, you know, if I look back to Megan's journal entry from two years ago, there's so much insight there, perhaps to a problem that I'm facing now. So I think this is one reason why I really um, promote regular journal writing, and not in the sense that it becomes a chore, because I absolutely believe it should be a pleasure, journal writing. If it ever feels like a chore, just immediately stop and go and do something else, because I really, uh, I think I, this is, it's like a privileged experience to meet yourself on the page like that. It should never be something dire and a kind of drudgery. Um, but I think, yeah, I think to, to round that off, I think if you, if you begin a regular practice, you have the luxury actually inherently in that practice of seeing your experience begin to shape itself just because you've picked up these threads or this breadcrumb trail through your own experience. Yeah, and one other thing that you kind of alluded to but you didn't really spell out is the fact that if you look back on your old journal entries, sometimes it's hard to see how we change and even for the better. You know, I'm, I'm really... It's it's no secret how hard it is um, for people to to kind of keep doing you know uh, positive psychology exercises and that kind of thing, especially if they maybe uh, don't have a lot of people who are interested in the you know in the in the inner circle. But then if you go back and you look, you know, a couple of years ago, what were the issues? And sometimes you just have I have this great experience that you're like, oh wow, yeah, that was a struggle. And nowadays it's not. And I take it for mm, granted, mm. right? So there's also this witnessing our own growth. Absolutely, yeah. I've, I'm actually not someone who um, writes in one in one journal, you know, religiously like a diary every day. So I have one, my, my most personal kind of typical journal, although I write in lots of different books, is, um, is one that I've had for five years now. And it's so interesting to me that I'm just now filling in the last pages of it, uh, what a metaphor that is. Um, and at the beginning, if I look at the very early experiences, you know, I was 22, 23, it's, it's phenomenal to see that young Megan on the page compared to this slightly, <laughs> I hope, a bit more mature Megan now. It feels like such a kind of intimate link to that younger self. Um, 
but that's not to say that it needs to be something that we, you know, that we've started years ago. You know, start now, whatever age you are. You, we're all, we've all got years to come and experiences to come. So start writing down things now, and it can happen on a much smaller scale. Like, so yes, I look back at things from when I was 22 and find um, kind of illuminating insights. But sometimes I literally look at my last entry, and I, I try to make a real practice of. Um, of not reading my last century before I write the current one, which often means that I, I repeat something or I, I didn't remember that I wrote it in the last entry. But then what I typically do is I go and read the last one after I finish the present entry. And even that can be so surprising and illuminating. And you you even forgot that you, that you felt that frustration or you forgot that you felt that joy. You forgot that you felt that sense of gratitude for something. Um, so it can happen on a very small scale as well. It doesn't have to be that you've been doing this for years and years and years. Yes, when you get to that point, it's really exciting and to see that development in yourself over a lot of time. But all of us go through little self-development journeys day to day, week to week. So I think journaling can help us on that small scale as well. So you mentioned a study that you did. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the results of that? Yeah, so it was a, a qualitative exploratory study, um, and what was wonderful about it is it was it was self-selecting. So the people that took part all had an interest in journaling on the most part already. Most of them had tried other ways of journaling, which is why I got this really nice insight into uh, what I came to call journaling as usual, of this kind of uh, purgative way of writing, this relief-focused writing, if you like this oh, I've got all this stuff in my hair and I just need to get it out of the way and put it on the page. Um, and so I had the opportunity to talk to people about their past journaling experiences. And then what I asked them to do was choose from these 10 top positive emotions that we um, discussed already, but based on Barbara Fredrickson's research. Um, and I made some little cards just because I think it's um, really helpful to have a, a tangible tool sometimes with these things. Um, and... Over three days, I asked them to choose one emotion uh, that they felt was most relevant that day or um, that fit the best with their experience or that they wanted to explore and then journal about their day with that emotion. Um, and I think that the, well, the reason for that, uh, the kind of rationale behind that decision is that we have, we already have in positive psychology quite a lot of interventions, PPIs, that use writing um, without really talking about it. Um, why we use writing so much or what the benefits are of writing things down rather than just talking about them. It's kind of glossed over sometimes. Um, but for example, uh, we have the uh, intensely positive experiences we can write about or benefit finding. There's the gratitude journal. But the the kind of, I think these are all fabulous tools, by the way, uh, before I'm just about to be a bit critical of them. I think one slight issue with them is they don't give enough autonomy perhaps for people to contextualize them into their own experience so for example writing about an intensely positive experience can be wonderful um, but if you're really in the depths of a challenging day or a fraught day or a difficult day just arbitrarily picking a positive experience from the past might feel very limiting and maybe a bit uh, pointless or something I, I don't know I'm just speaking to my own experience you don't always want to um, Sometimes we have things that are more pressing that we need to say, and I think that's what expressive writing has shown. Um, we don't get opportunities often to express our deep, more negative 
emotions. And that's why I think the findings have been so profound with expressive writing, because it offers people, like you were saying about the prisoners, and, you know, because this can be often uh, for men, there are less opportunities sometimes for men to express their emotions. And so I think the results of, of expressive writing studies are so profound, because we don't often have this place to freely express our emotions. So if we're only allowed in the intervention to write about an intensely positive experience, there's something about that that's a little bit hemmed in for me. But I don't think then that we should uh, just you know, negate to use the wealth of wonderful research that we have in positive psychology. So the, the theory behind the in designing the, the positive journal intervention was finding ways that we can use positive journaling but without limiting what people are going to write about. And that's why I let them choose the positive emotion only as a lens. So it helped, I, I hope, it's it's a way for people to engage um, with the positive emotion without feeling kind of tied down by it and, and being able to autonomously, freely um, express what they felt about their day or express what they felt about a challenge. And I think that some of the feedback was really nice from participants. So it was uh, the, the data were interviews um, that I transcribed and some of the words that came out of it were really lovely um, things like uh, being anchored by the positive emotion so I really love that as an analogy that's one that kind of stuck in my head from the study because it's you know not being hemmed in but being anchored that thing I spoke about earlier of, of feeling kind of directed so something's slightly um, you know drawing us onto the page in a positive way but without kind of pinning us there without saying you have to write about something really happy that happened you don't have to you have to write what feels pressing and relevant for you but also benefit from the wonderful research around positive emotions um which are what we spoke about before barbara fredrickson that, that it helps us to explore new options to change our perspective to be more open to learning so you I, I hope it's a way of getting kind of the best of both worlds. And I think that that's what the results show, although, of course, it's it was a pilot study. Um, but the sort of the beginnings of, of what it showed were that it that it gives us a bit of those two, a bit of best of both worlds, as it were. So the the wonderful aspects of positive journey. Um, of positive psychology, but also the wonderful aspects of expressing our more negative emotions, expressing ourselves freely on the page, that kind of dark side of 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 the human experience that we're hearing more and more about in positive psychology out of the um, faculty at UEL, Itai and uh, Tim and Kate and everybody there, um, how we kind of uh, bring these two sides together and give both a place uh, to flourish. Yeah, so, so just to recap, like if somebody wants to try this, basically what you would do is you would choose one of the emotions that we mentioned before. So um, you'd maybe choose uh, serenity or joy, and then you can write about whatever it is that is most pressing to you. Is that is that basically how it works? I would say yes. So I think the word lens is a really helpful word. It's um, and one of my participants actually she described it as it's it's not like rose tinted glasses because when I say lens it can sound a bit like rose tinted glasses. She said it's not like that. It's like taking a, a pair of dirty glasses off because of course we all have the tendency to zone in on the negative, don't we? And so I like the way she she spoke about taking those those dirty glasses off. That idea of only seeing the negative um, away from from you know in front of our nose. So yeah, the lens of a positive emotion 
something that you're experiencing, something that feels pressing, something about your day, a challenge at work, a challenge in your relationship, and then something that you'd like to feel in relation to that or something that you sense you're able to feel on a given day. So if you feel that you can be serene or you feel that you can be grateful or you feel that you can be joyful about experience and experience, then explore it in that sense. Or if you just feel that you would like to feel more grateful about an experience or you would like to feel more serene, just explore that on the page. And the the point of positive journaling is not to, as I said previously, to shoehorn our experience, you know, to suddenly say that really stressful day at work, actually that was serene because the intention is not to lie to ourselves, but is to explore it in relation to that and um, see where it gets you, you know, and sometimes you may need to revisit an experience with a couple of the different emotions or over several days. It's not something that's a kind of meant to be a a quick fix but um just a lens for exploring our experience from a different angle that kind of poking and prodding that he said thinking hmm but what if that experience were more serene or what if it was more serene next time I you know have to deal with that difficult colleague or that difficult aspect of my romantic partner or something um so yeah the I guess the analogy to take away is the lens of a positive emotion for whatever is pressing whatever is challenging to us I think it's also a good alternative and I'm very mindful of the fact that it's not the same as meditation but I think there are people out there who struggle with meditation and they just you know the moment they focus on their breathing they just freak out and everything itches and and if that's you um positive journaling does not attempt exactly the same thing you're not training your attention as meticulously as you maybe do through meditation however I would argue that you experience some of the same benefits Um, have you ever thought about that link I absolutely have thank you for bringing that I think it's so true that um, writing is an entirely meditative kind of practice because it it slows us down it it brings us just into one spot, which, you know, meditation does so well, but in a somehow challenging way for some people. I know that I find it challenging to to clear my mind. Um, but it it does this thing of, yeah, giving us a little moment of pause, a, a moment to step outside of our experience and reflect on it, which is very much a similar kind of process to meditation, I would say, yeah. Right, okay. So what do you feel is important about this that you haven't really covered or touched yet what do I feel is important um what I really am most passionate about with journaling and I think this is is largely based on my own experience with writing for well-being but is also informed by the many many research conversations I've had over the years um is that it's such an empowering I don't like to throw the word empowering around casually but it it puts the um the task of our own happiness in our own hands not in a kind of burden sort of a way but in the sense that we begin to negotiate our own relationship with our experience in we become kind of and it sounds a bit cliche but we become our friend on the page you know that 
I think what I love now about visiting my journal, especially in these years since I've begun to make it a much more positive place and not just this cathartic, purgative place where then I go to revisit it and I see all these pages and pages of my woe. Now that I see it as a place to, yes, you know, contain all that negativity, but also to contain the things that are wonderful about my life, the things that I see developing in myself, the things I see growing. It, it, my journal genuinely has become this place where I feel a kind of, you know, a, a ultimate sort of self-compassion with myself because I see my journey in its entirety. And, and I think that helps us take a bit of responsibility for that journey. It helps us um, to, as we were saying before, to get a kind of bird's eye view over the things that maybe I want to develop about myself, all the things that are really great about myself and emphasize those if I want to. Um, and I just think it's such an adaptable, easy, cheap tool that basically anyone can use. As, as you were saying, something like meditation is, is similar in that it's accessible to all of us, but it can somehow be a bit... Um, daunting or you know that there's so much we have to learn maybe which is absolutely worthwhile to learn but with journaling it's just just sit down and start everyone's got a scrap of paper and a nub of a pencil lying around or you know a coffee shop napkin and a biro like anyone can just pick up a pen and write something down and see what happens and take that on as their own autonomous practice not for the benefit of anyone else not to prove anything to anyone else but just a place to have a little quiet private conversation with themselves in in such a way that I just think can be so phenomenally helpful if done over time and especially if we start to bring in some of the wonderful research uh, in positive psychology. Okay so where can people find your book? <laughs> where can people find my book? They can find it on Amazon. It's Write Yourself Happy, The Art of Positive Journaling and I'm Dr. Megan C. Hayes. It's out on the 2nd of August, but you can pre-order it now. And you can also come and visit me on positivejournal.org where I have um, some free downloadable worksheets that are a really fun, easy way to get started. Um, and where I also have an e-course if people are interested in diving a bit deeper um, about some of the principles behind how I'm developing the concept of a positive journal. Um, so yeah, positivejournal.org is, is another place to go. And there's also links for the book there too. Cool. So anything to add? <laughs> Just thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having the opportunity to uh, talk about journaling for more than half an hour. What a luxury. <laughs> one of my favorite things to talk about. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Positive Psychology Podcast. We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt. <laughs>